you'd like to be a minister to. You know, you come to church anyway, you know, and we like for God to do something in our hearts and lives. You know, I would, there's a, uh, we're here. Uh, God's prepared a place for us to come and to, to worship him and to uh, be attentive to what he has to say to us. And, uh, and what I'm, I'm convinced that he is saying a whole lot more to us than we are being obedient to him. I think we, you've heard me say this before, that we have a tendency to be educated way above our obedience. And so every time I come to a service, I come and I want God to really do something special in my heart and my life. And I, 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 I trust you since the same thing. I, I trust before you come to a service like this that you've come, you've prayed, that, and that God would, would speak to the people, that God would help me to deliver the message that, we, that he has given to me, and that you'd be willing to receive this and allow it to have an impact on your life. I mean, that's why you're here. Uh, if you'll turn to Revelation chapter 3, we're in a study uh, in the book of, uh, book of Revelation chapter 3. Uh, been there for several weeks now, and if you're coming at 830, at the 830 service, they're also studying through the book of Revelation. Uh, Dennis, what chapter are you guys on now? It's finished 16 now, so I encourage you uh, to come to that, and uh, that will be a blessing and a strength to you, and so let me encourage you along those lines. Uh, as you're turning to Revelation 3, I want to ask you three questions. The first question is this, have you ever felt like quitting today? I mean, have you ever felt like giving up, you know? Have you ever felt like, you, you know, you're depressed and you just want to give up? Well, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, please, Bible, say it. See, it's coming. The Bible says this, and he spake a parable unto them, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not give up, not quit. Have you ever in your life uh, been baffled, confused, uh, just, you know, with things around you? I, I can tell you that's exactly the case if you're watching much TV today. You are baffled by what you're seeing today. Well, the Bible says this. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Maybe you've in your life, you are here, maybe even this today, and you have some serious needs in your life. Maybe, maybe they're, they're financial needs, maybe they're physical needs, uh, maybe they're emotional needs, but there's some very definite needs in your life. Well, the Bible says this, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. See, here's the thing, guys. We, when it comes to difficulties and problems, we have one of two things we can do. We can pray or we can panic. That's the only two options as believers that we have. We can either pray, we can either go to God and bring these petitions before the Lord, or we can panic, we can gripe, we can complain, uh, we can feel sorry for yourself. You ever felt sorry for yourself? That's fun, isn't it? And, uh, you know, uh, we look at our lot in life, and, and we, uh, for some reason we always compare ourselves when we're doing that kind of deal to someone that's doing a little bit better, or at least we think they're doing better, and we kind of feel sorry for ourselves and pity ourselves and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's no way to live. God has given us a resource. And the thing that concerns me today is that, you know, we as believers have this resource. It's called prayer. We could go before the Lord in prayer. And we don't, have, we, don't, we, we don't have to 
live our lives in such uncertainty and such panic, we can go to God and we can take our requests before the Lord and, and realizing that God desires to hear from us. He, he encourages so many times in the scripture to come to the Lord, to pray, to go before him and all. And so I encourage you when problems come your way, this is the steps that you need to make. And I, I said all that to say this, in the book of Revelation chapter 3, a couple of weeks ago, I said there's three prayers that you need to pray, and we see the problem in chapter 3, and the problem brings about the resolve, which is to pray. Three things, prayers you need to make if you want to revitalize your faith, if you want to revitalize the joy uh, that you'd like to have in your life, if you want to grow closer to the Lord. Now, the problem in the Sardis church, if you've got your Bibles there, we, let's look at the problem. We stated a couple weeks ago, and under the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Class, who is this? Who's, he, who's this person right here? You can tell me. Come on. Who is this? It's Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. Okay, who is this, class? Okay, <laughs> wake up. Okay, this is Jesus speaking right here. Don't you think we might ought to pay attention to what he has to say? He has an, he has an observation about the church in Sardis. And this is his observation. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that livest and are dead. Now the problem is this. You say this, but you're living like this. What you say and what you do is not the same thing. Do you have that problem? Have you ever had that problem? What I say and what I do is not coming together. And that was the problem of the starter church. That was the problem that we face. We say these things here, but we live like this. There's a gap. And one of the things I asked you to do a couple weeks ago was to pray the first prayer was, Lord, help me see the gap. Help me see that in my life on what I'm saying and what I'm doing is not the same thing. And there's a gap there. And a couple of weeks ago, I asked you to pray that prayer. You may be praying that prayer. And you've said, man, the more I'm praying that prayer, the larger the gap seems to be. It seems like the Grand Canyon. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to cross from here to here. I mean, it's just a mess. I mean, I want to really feel closer. And if you're here this morning, you know Christ is your personal Savior. Uh, we have a sense. We want to feel close to God. We desire that. We don't want to just simply go through the motions. We don't want to play the game called church. We don't want to simply be a religious people. We want to have a relationship with God. It's hard work to have a relationship, but I want one. How about y'all? I want that relationship with the Lord. Me saying I want it is not enough. I mean, it's not enough to simply, simply say I want to do that. No. And so you've prayed that prayer, and the question you're dealing with is how do I do that? The second prayer is this, that you need to pray, Lord, help me close the gap. Prayer number one, help me see the gap. Prayer number two, help me close the gap. How do I do that? Well, right here in the scripture. Look at verse two. Be watchful and strengthen things which remain. He's, he says two things. He says this, number one, wake up. You need to wake up. You need to realize that... that uh, in order for you to do the things that you need to do, you've got to wake up out of sleep. And what's happening here, and the reason he's talking about this, this Sardis church reflects that in many ways. This Sardis church was built on a plateau of 1,500 feet high. Uh, it was a very impressive city. 
Uh, it was a city easy to protect. You know, a big wall behind them where the mountains were. In front of them was a big plain, a very narrow way to get into the city of Sardis. And so, therefore, uh, they got to a situation they believed that, that no, one could, no one could attack and capture the city of Sardis. Yet it happened twice uh, by, the, by, the, uh, by Persians and the Greeks. And you know how they were able to take the city of Sardis? They climbed up the back walls, the things that they were not supposed to be able to do. The very thing that they thought nobody would do was the very thing that happened to them. But what happens, you know, have you ever heard this? We learn one thing from history. We learn nothing from history. I mean, even though we, I mean, it happened twice to these guys here that they were not impregnable, they were not unconquerable. Uh, they were, they, in fact, that happened twice. And so the thing that the Lord is saying here in Revelation, I want you guys to be aware of this because once you can get convinced about something not happening, you kind of let it go. And that's what this city in Sardis did. Uh, they, they saw no reason to protect that particular area of the city because there was an impregnable wall there. There's no way anyone could take it. So they were simply asleep. And let me say this. If you're asleep, it's very difficult to put on any type of defense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when I'm asleep, it's difficult for me to fight much. Well, no, I do roll around quite a bit. But, uh, but you know, it's very difficult when you're asleep. And so what happens, this city and this church in this city had become overconfident. They had become arrogant. Uh, they, uh, I mean, they really believed they had together. I mean, they really knew what they were doing. You know what's a strange thing about this Sardis church? Of all the churches that Jesus dealt with, he didn't, he didn't say, well, you, your problem you have in the Sardis church, you have false teachers. Doesn't say they do. Uh, the problem, like you know, the Ephesus church did, the problem with this Sardis church is that you, uh, you know, you're, you're suffering great persecution. Actually, they were not suffering great persecution. They were not suffering uh, false teachers, if you will. Uh, they, uh, they really had come to a situation that the problem was that they had become weaker and weaker rather than stronger and stronger when it comes to the things of God. And by the time this letter was being written, it's amazing what had happened to this church and to this city. Rather than a city of purpose, it was a city of pleasure. Does this sound a little bit like America to you? Are you, are, do you see kind of a semblance of what's happening in our country, what was happening in this church in Sardis? They were overconfident. They were arrogant. No one will ever stop us. No one will ever conquer us. We will not be. We have all this power and all this ability, so these things will never happen to us. And, and the same thing that was going on in this particular church here, they, they, uh, that was, they had gotten to a place they had started reflecting what the city was like. They were more concerned about their creature comforts than the purpose by the reason they're here. And some folks are wondering, well, preacher, why are you guys doing some of the things you're doing? Why, why, you know, why aren't you just, you know, why are you trying to develop that land out there? I mean, I mean, it's not hurting anyone. Let's set out there. Why are you trying to put those soccer fields and that football fields and those walking tracks? Why are you going to all that expense and now we're going to be fighting the county? Well, I'm going to say, Dale will be fighting the county. And when they call me, they say, is Dale there? Is Dale who? <laughs> you know what he's like, you know. But, but, you know, you get to a situation. Why are you doing that? Because, you see, we want to reach our area for God. We want to reach the hundreds of boys and girls that are in our area. We're providing a way for, the, for an activity to, for the parents to bring their kids to. And the folks that aren't really involved with our church, why are you doing that? Because we want to reach this city for God. That's our purpose. That's why we're here, guys. 
That's why we're a part of what we're doing. We're not, messed, we're not trying to please everyone. We're trying to please the Lord. We're trying to do all that we can to reach this place for God. And what concerns me is I look at the Sardis church. They had reflected what was going on within their, their city, if you will, and they become like that. They were more concerned about their creature comforts. They were more concerned about themselves and become less and less concerned about the people and the area around them. Oh, help, help us, God, not to be that way. Help us to wake up. No game we're playing. found in my life there's two areas where I'm most vulnerable maybe you can relate to this my weakest point the Bible calls that the sin that so so easily besets you you know what that is don't you that weak area in your life where if you mess up that's where you mess up you mess up you mess up you know and you take that before the Lord and say okay God help me help me get the victory in this area and then you start making a statement like this I finally got that licked that's the most dangerous thing you can say. Because generally, the day you say that is probably the day you're going to mess up. And so I, I try to guard against this very weak area of my life. I need protection. I need to place myself in a position. You know, if I, if I have a problem drinking, I probably shouldn't be visiting bars. I don't visit bars. <laughs> they say, oh, I saw you there. Yeah, you did. You didn't. But, but, you know, that would just make sense to me if that's a weakness in my life, then probably I should not go where that situation is going on because it's going to be a problem for myself. And so I need to protect myself, put myself in a position, you know, where those things aren't going to happen. Now, the, not only in my weakest area, but my strongest area. I need to be careful about that as well. It's a very dangerous area. You know, it's that thing in your life that you say, that I may be messed up, but I'm not messed up in that thing. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? I, I may be messed up here or there, but I, this is one area that I'm never going to be messed up in. Heard someone say one time, never is a long time. And the problem with that kind of situation in the spirit is that pride comes into play. Let me make a statement to you. The truth is, given the right circumstance, you and I as, as human beings can fall to any sin. Any sin. I want to wrap your mind around that a little bit. We have, a, we have a tendency to be very arrogant and proudful in our lives. and We think we can do anything. I want to tell you something right now. That is not the case. Not at all. Paul made a statement, I am what I am because of Christ Jesus. You got me? Because of God. If you're doing the right thing, it's because you have yielded to God. You've allowed, you've, you've cleansed yourself of that, that pride situation. And so I encourage you. These are two areas I see are very vulnerable. Where my weakest area and my strongest area, I need to deal with. So what, what do we do? Three things real quick. We need to ask God for protection. We need to ask God to protect us. Amen. We need God's. You know, when you ask God for protection, you're, you're doing away with the pride thing, and you're doing the reliance thing. You're relying, God, I need your help. Don't you all understand that? We need God's help. These folks in Sardis were messed up. They had this gap in their life. They were saying one thing, and they were doing another. I mean, it was, it was a terrible situation and all. And God says, you need to wake up with what's going on, and then you, you need to be aware. You need to, number two, you need to strengthen that which remains. That's what the Bible says there in verse 2. Be watchful, wake up, and strengthen thing, the things which remain. <laughs> you need to strengthen that which is, which is going good in your life. As a pastor, 
uh, this is, uh, I know as I was studying about this, this is, I have taken this very personal. As a pastor, I've had some things that have not gone well in my life. You're not going to believe this. There's been people that have come to this church that actually don't like me now. It's, man, I start to believe, isn't it? What do you mean you believe that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, the deal is this, guys. You can spend your time taking care of something you cannot control. Or you can spend your time strengthening that things you can't you know the folk there's actually folks that come to this ministry that care about what we're doing love us we love them and I'm trying to pour my life into them rather than being concerned about something I have no control over and some of you are sitting here this morning and you there's things that have happened to you or people may have done things to you and you're trying to get that thing worked out and you're never going to get it worked out what you need to do is spend your time strengthen the things that remain for an example if you're if you're uh, if you like to pray spend more time in prayer if you, I mean, if that's, that's a strength in that area, you need to spend more time in prayer. Maybe you're, you like to teach, spend more time teaching, serving, whatever it is. Whatever God is working in your life and there's a, that's, a, that's alive, whatever is alive, pour miracle, grow on it. Well, not literally. I mean, don't do that literally. But whatever's alive in your life, whatever, whatever good thing is going on when it comes to the things of God, talk about those things, encourage those things, you know, spend time doing those type of situations and all. Re strengthen that which remains. This third one's kind of tough. Look at there, verse three again. Remember there. Remember therefore how that. <clears throat> excuse me. Verse two. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, and are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Number three. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Remember what you've heard. If you interpret that for us. I will get back in the book. Get back reading. Some of you are not reading the Bible anymore. Not, you're not in the Word of God anymore. And you used to be. You used to be in the Word of God. But you're not doing that now. You need to pick it back up. Now, I, I admit to you, there's been times that I've read the Word of God that it has not impacted my life. That really has happened. But my life has never been impacted and changed without the Word of God. It just never happened. If the Word of God is in my life, that's what makes a change. And the thing that I challenge you this morning, you need to remember what you've heard. You need to get into the Word of God. When I think of remembering the, the Word of God, I think about uh, being in a sailboat, and you're kind of in the middle of a lake, and you want to go from point A to point B. When I think of a sailboat, and I'm in the middle of the lake, and trying to go in a direction, when I read the Word of God, it's like putting up the sail. The sail goes up. The wind blows and moves me in the direction that God wants me to go. I can tell you the direction that God wants me to go is what God's Word says. You got me on that? God's Word is a direction I need to go. And so when I take God's Word and hide it in my heart and, and study it and read it, what happens is God is able, no matter how difficult the situation is or the problems I'm facing, when I have God's word in my heart and I'm in this sailboat, if you will, and I've got this, I've raised the word of God, the sail, I mean, it's going to move me in the direction that God would have me to go. We need to get into the word of God. He says, you remember, therefore, verse 3, how thou hast received and heard, and behold, fast and repent. Uh, that, that is a tough part. Obey and repent. Obey and repent. It's a very difficult thing. You see, if we were honest, of course we're in church, aren't we? <clears throat> yeah, we're in church, okay. And uh, the problem with a lot of us, we are out there on that sailboat, 
took up the sailboat thing in your mind. Okay, we're out there in the sailboat, and here's what we're doing. We're in the sailboat. Are you, are you with me? We're in the sailboat. Here's what we're doing. We are our little bitty hands, and you know where we're going? Where we want to go. We're going where we want to go, because we know best. It's even our prayer life. God, I pray you, I, I want your will for my life, as long as that you're going in this direction. Some of us are so wore out because you're, you're wore out. I can't understand why God's not working in my life. Maybe those hands. You're dipping in that, I know what's best for me. No one can tell me what to do. I know where I ought to go. You know what God says in his divine wisdom? Lots of luck. And how's that working for you? Yeah, but preacher, wait a minute. Reverend, wait a minute here now. If I raise, if I get in the word of God, and I raise the sail, he may take me where I don't want to go. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> really, I can. But I can tell you this, and I, I'm experiencing some of that. I experienced it for several months not wanting to raise the sail. But I said, I didn't. But my problem was I knew where he was going to go. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Y'all ever done that? You know what God wants you to do, and you're not going to do it. You probably haven't done that, have you? Anyway, but, uh, but I can tell you this. If you knew you raised that sail, God will take you where maybe you don't want to go. But I can tell you this, and this is a fact. You'll never regret where God takes you. You'll never regret it. I mean, you know, this life will have purpose. This life will have meaning. Uh, God can certainly use your life, and God wants to use your life. And, and these guys in Sardis, the thing that he was concerned about, uh, he, he didn't want to see them in the mess that they were in. And, and they probably thought, well, we're not in the mess. You know, we're going through the, all the motions, and we have, a, a, we have cool music programs, and we have children's programs, and, you know, we have all this kind of stuff. We have all these programs and fellowships and, you know, all that kind of stuff and all. But God said, you're not here. You're here to reach the world. That's why you're here. If you're not doing that, you're not doing what you're here to be doing. Lamentations 4, 340 says this, let us search and try our ways. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. The question behind this truth of God's word, we need to hear it, we need to obey it, and we need to repent. Now here, What's the use of being here this morning if you're not going to do what God's word says? What's the use of coming? What's the, what's, why, why would you do this? Now, a couple questions I want to ask you as we close out. Number one, what's God telling you to do that you haven't done? What is God telling you to do that you haven't done? In the area of salvation, maybe you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You're a religious person. You keep the rules, kind of. You go through the motions. But there's no peace inside. There is, there's nothing but turmoil. The problem is because he's not there. Maybe God is asking you to surrender your life to him. Oh, no, wait, wait, Reverend. I don't want to go into full-time Christian service. Sorry. That's the only kind there is. We think, well, I got preacher, assistant. No, 
we're all in full-time Christian service. When are you not supposed to be a Christian? Come on, guys. Maybe God has asked you to surrender your life to him. God's got some things for you to do. He wants you to surrender your life to him. Maybe that's what he wants you to do. Maybe it's in the reference of service. Uh, God's got areas where, where he, you know, he's got things he wants you to do. and you're, you're, You know what the problem is? You're so busy. And you're sacrificing that which could be tremendous, the best, on the altar of the good. God's got some good things, some, some the best things for you in the area of service for him. So what is God telling you to do that you haven't done? And where is God telling you to turn around that you haven't turned around? There's some things in your life God says, I want, I want you to stop that. And I want you to do this over here. You know why a lot of folks don't, can't serve the Lord? They're so busy with good stuff, they're not doing the best stuff. God's got things for them to do, but they are so occupied with all this stuff over here that they, they, they're so involved that they haven't come to a place to realize that he didn't just want us involved. He wants us to have a purpose in our life. At Sunshine, we want people to have a purpose. We are doing all that we can to do the things that God would have us to do. It's about time that folks understand that, wake up that, God, give me a purpose. Without a purpose, which is a vision, the people perish. Would you stand? Father, I come to you this morning. You know the hearts of the people that are here. You know the need. You know there's folks here, Lord, that have really wrapped their lives up around these things so involved with this world that if you called them to serve you, they'd have a hard time doing it. They couldn't hardly, hardly work you in their schedule. Shame on us. Shame on us, Lord. Now, God, I pray we'll wake up. I pray that we'll strengthen what remains, not lament over what's lost. I pray, God, that we'll remember what your word. There's folks here this morning that need to reconnect with you. It's been a long time since they've had that daily reading in the word and your prayer. And God, I pray that this morning we'll not walk out of here with complacency. Help us not to be complacent. God, help us to not allow ourselves to be buying in to everything's okay. It's not okay. We're at war. We need to start not only behaving like it, we need to start living our lives like it. And God, you know the needs that are here this morning. There may be one here that, that they, they know a lot about you, church, religion, but they don't know much about their relationship. There's a real coldness inside of them, an indifference. God, that ought, that ought to concern us. There's folks that have come need to come and receive you as Savior. There's some folks need to come and just kneel to God. I want to surrender whatever you want me to do. Help me to raise the sail and trust and obey. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to extend an invitation. God has spoken to you.